Welcome to Life Isn't Lived on a Spreadsheet with Ryan Potterack from Potterack Capital Advisory. You have unique values, objectives, fears, life experiences, and biases. Any financial professional who ignores or minimizes the importance of your story may not be able to help you achieve your ideal outcomes or hit your goals. It's time to experience the PCA difference. In this podcast, we help business executives, soon-to-be retirees, and solutions-based individuals overcome the anxiety leading up to their upcoming years. We do this by initiating in-depth discussions about the financial aspects of retirement, like tax planning and asset allocation, alongside, and often overlooked, personal and lifestyle aspects. Join us on this journey where we explore retirement from a contrarian point of view, as Ryan draws from years of expertise and guest experts to help you explore the true purpose of your money in retirement and the impact you want to make in your golden years. Now, on to the show. You know the old saying, your eyes are bigger than your belly. You eat too much of something good and boy, you can feel pretty sick afterward. Now, can you have too much money? In both cases, Ryan Potterick, I think we could call it greed. What do you think? Well, I wouldn't agree with that characterization, actually. Uh, but the first time I heard your eyes are bigger than your belly was from my grandma, Emma, who I love dearly. That was my mom's <laughs> my mom's mom. But, you know, my view of my view of money, uh, big picture is more is always better because you can give it away to causes you love and support. Now, greed can be a part of that, but I don't think that uh, having more money or the pursuit of more money in and of itself is greed. So that's where I might parse okay. parse your words a bit. Again, philosophically, I probably said this in other podcasts because it's really a core value of mine that when we do talk about money, it's really just a medium of exchange. It's ink on paper that is has no inherent value until any of us exchange money for something that we do value, an experience, a product, a service, that sort of thing including including charity. Uh, and so that's one of the things that our, our approach, um, and, and I, I would put it in the category, Patrice, of critical thinking is helping a client really think through what is the purpose for their money? Because mm -hmm. quite obviously we can't take it with us, um, but there are people that are certainly greedy or continue to keep score of their wealth growing without doing anything uh, particularly purposeful. And that comes to the point, I think, what is enough? What do you really need? And there are people I know who will never have enough. And there are other people I know who are very content and say, I don't need that. And I, as, as you've come to know, I'm very particular with my language and I always distinguish between need and want. So, you know, th that, that really depends, you know, I, it's, we've got to be careful with one person or one group establishing what the particular need is for another person uh, or group uh, in many ways, mm -hmm. because for a lot of us, we probably don't need the car that's in our driveway. You know, we could get a, we'd be just fine with a, with a car that's less expensive or maybe traveling less. But I will tell you to the core of the, of your comment, uh, how much uh, do we need is when I'm talking about uh, with a family or a couple or individual looking to, accumulate wealth to the point where they no longer have to work and they have freedom to live their lifestyle. I think the industry focuses on the wrong target. In, the, in other words, the, the need target for much of the industry is a pile of money that whatever that might be, a million, two, whatever. 
And our focus right from the jump when getting acquainted with an initial couple or family is what does your lifestyle cost? As you said, Patrice, we all know people that are happy uh, living a relatively frugal life. And then we know other people that just have different tastes and they're willing to work harder for the money to, to live those tastes. But we look at the target as cash flow. Mm-hmm. What establishes a lifestyle while you're working for a living, as you are and I am, Patrice, is your income. And when you retire, typically people don't want to reduce their lifestyle. So it's really, how do we replace the cash flow from employment? Now, if the cash flow, if, if for example, a uh, quick example, Patrice, let's say that with a client's situation, their lifestyle costs $5,000 a month. Uh, let's further say their social security in the household is $3,000 a month. So there's a $2,000 gap. Well, if they happen to have accumulated a million dollars, which a million dollars um, at 2.4%, not a high bar, would right. provide the extra 2000 a month. The kind of conversation that I might be having with that couple is, why would you take a lot of risk with your portfolio? Because even if you take a lot of risk and you're successful and you make six, seven, eight, nine or more, if it doesn't affect the lifestyle that you want to live, then all that extra rate of return is going to be is greater inheritance. Mm-hmm. Now, nothing is wrong with more inheritance. I remind my parents, and they're still alive, of that every day when I talk to them. <laughs> That's a joke. Yes, thank you for <laughs> catching that. Uh, and our listeners, I'm just teasing. I love my mom and dad. They're great. But the point is, if they're still taking risk, but the purpose of that risk goes well beyond what they want for their lifestyle, then they also are susceptible to uh, a downturn in the market that could take away their lifestyle. So I look to match up the level of risk with what we're really trying to achieve. And if 2.4% is what we're looking to achieve, they could do that with no risk whatsoever in this environment. Now, I don't necessarily advocate either way, but it's a, it's a, great conversation to have with a couple so that they understand the give and take of why they're investing the way they're investing. You mentioned inheritance and kids. Do you think, in your opinion, we teach our kids to be, to want rather than to need? (laughs) That could be loaded. I think, and maybe it's just because I've gotten more experienced in life. I'm not quite at the get off my lawn stage, but I think there's some people that would say that the the current, the younger generation, think 30, 35 and below are younger with the internet and with Amazon and all of that and easy access to credit uh, is much more a want generation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that might be more society. Uh, than than putting it on on Fair. the parents, but it does feel that way. Would you agree? I think I think social media plays a huge role in it. The yeah. fact that society has always played a role. You always had the Joneses, right? Yeah, You're right. Good Joneses. point. Good point. And I think perhaps social media is today's Joneses. Yeah, I I agree. You know, I mean, everybody's taking a picture of their dinner. Yeah. Look at look at me. And so exactly. To, yeah. Typically, people aren't uh, putting a, they're posting a picture of them having something not so good happen. I agree. I think you just have to enjoy what you have. You can want more. That's fine. Yeah. But it shouldn't become the overwhelming be all and end all. Yeah, and there. 
I love, I love what I do. And I've, you know, I've had, um, I've had people fairly close to me, I would say, you know, family and friends at, at times that have in effect asked me, Ryan, when's enough enough just in me growing my business and, and, and all of that. And, you know, for me, it's frankly quite simple as I love what I do. I love helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, the more people I help, uh, the, the more people that have more money that I help, and I have an impact on the on the world. The income, the financial success I've been blessed to have is is really a byproduct of me pursuing what I enjoy, and it's provide a provided a wonderful living for for me and my family. And I I, I personally am interested in leaving a financial legacy after I've had a you know a lot of fun lifestyle with my family. But from the outside looking in, some people might say, "Gosh, he's 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 just driven and driven and driven to." I guess, chase more money, so to speak. And I think that's a very simplistic way of looking at it. Money may be a byproduct. Ryan, in your opinion, what is enough? When when do we know we have enough? Well, it does vary for everybody. I know in my situation, you know, having I've been in this industry really my whole, whole adult life, but you know, we don't get younger, we get older. Um, we, we get wiser. I, you know, we're able to, me and my team, are able to provide a lot more value um, than than I would have been 10 or 15 years ago, just because we're better at it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I'm 57 years young, barely. Uh, <laughs> so I probably have, you know, 10 to 15 years of continuing to help people. And I, you know, on my team, I've built up succession planning and, you know, other advisors, but also what's entered into my life even more so in the last decade, Patrice, is just I have simultaneously been smelling the roses. Uh, This particular year has been a very dynamic, very productive business year, while at the same time, I have spent more time with family and probably traveled more this year than any year I could remember. And so those two things, I think people would not think are necessarily compatible. But with the team I have at PCA, our discipline processes and systems and how we outsource work, um, it, it is, it, I'm just so proud of the value we can provide. And, and I don't see that, that changing, but I, I just have a good balance right now, but eventually I just don't want to lose my fastball, so to speak. And, right, right. and so I think it, for me, it's more about the timing and when might it make sense for me to transition to more substantially retired. And I think that window is probably somewhere between 10 and 15 years. In your opinion, do you think people listen to those around them to sometimes try to figure out when they've met their ideal and when it's time to retire? A hundred percent. I get asked, you know, we have great clients and, you know, smart clients, successful clients, but it is pretty common to get questions like, so how does my situation compare with your typical client, you know, or, you know, what age, you know, so there, there is that sort of keeping up with the Joneses. And, and those questions are so common, Patrice, that, you know, certainly I have to acknowledge and respect them, but then I trying to bring it back to their facts and they enjoy what they enjoy doing, which can be completely different than the next couple that looks just like them, same age, maybe even similar assets. But yeah, I get asked that often. All right. Well, Ryan, is there anything we haven't touched here, uh, haven't discussed here that you think you really want to get into this conversation? This could go on and on. 
Yeah, you know, in our in our planning, charitable giving and the strategies that that go into that is uh is a big part of the work that we do for the for the listeners out there. I mean, if you um whether it's while you're alive wanting to support causes and or your church or whatever it might be or upon your passing, again, you can't take it with you. So what I find oftentimes Patrice is after people have been retired for maybe three, four, five years, and they and they grow comfortable with, oh, I can live my lifestyle, not be employed, and yet my portfolio is stable or going up in value, their mindset starts to shift where we start to have a conversation of, okay, where do you want this wealth to go? If they have children, of course, that's kind of a default, but you know, not some of the children may have issues that they want to protect with trust. Mm-hmm. But also they might have a desire to to give to charity. So that starts to change the conversations. And also I would suggest that it makes it more purposeful. They're at a stage of life where they made it financially. They also are more in touch with their mortality. And, and yeah. so they start to reflect on, okay, as I exit stage left, so to speak, you know, what do I want to happen to the wealth that I was fortunate enough to build up? And and those are great conversations to find, have. Do you find they want to do something with the money more often before they pass or do they leave it for after? Well, I think that's a great question that, you know, uh, I've asked a, a million uh, times for, for clients, w- which is a higher priority, your fun and lifestyle or passing on more money. And, and that's, ah. as you might expect, 999 is more fun and lifestyle, but even though they intellectually understand, yeah, I'm living my lifestyle and my portfolio again is stable or growing. I mean, the I'm just not going to run out of money. It, it's a real difficult mental shift to give away money, give up control of money. Um, it's it's just not natural because most of our lives, uh, starting working in our 20s through 60s before we retire, whatever age that is. It's, you know, saving and investing what we can, and that becomes a ingrained habit. And so the thought of giving away money, particularly if they might perceive that the way that, say, their kids would spend it Mm. is not the way they would want them to spend it, it becomes a barrier. Now, this is where I do a lot of behavioral coaching to try to get to the root of that and say, A simple example on on this podcast, Patrice, I would say is, you know, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you know, when you pass away, I've seen your documents, everything goes to your three kids equally. In other words, they get it all at once, they can spend it any way they want without restriction. You might share some of that along the way and you can see the impact, you can see the smiles, you know, you can take everybody to Disney World and pay for everything with the grandkids and all of that. And you you get to win with that experience. But I will tell you, it is it is more difficult, Patrice, than you might uh, than you might suspect. Yeah. Uh, and that's in the area of behavioral coaching. And, you know, I can go deeper with certain clients that, have, that I've developed a strong relationship with, which is something obviously we seek at PCA to develop. Right. That's fascinating. I almost thought that people might be more willing to do it before they passed. No, giving up control is wow. okay. Not I'm easy. Wrong. <laughs> I'm wrong there. Well, your your uh, 
you're not correct in the macro, but certainly there are individual situations. And, you know, for example, in your situation, that might be how you feel. And well, that, that would be, we'd have a different conversation than with another couple. But yeah, when you look at it in aggregate, it is, uh, it is the minority that have that view. Interesting. All right. Yep. Anything else, Ryan, before we go? Well, that's, you know, it's been another fun conversation. I think, uh, you know, there's, there's threads of people, you know, continue to, subscribe to our, you know, our podcast, there's some common themes to it that I think we've accentuated today as well. All right. Fantastic. And how can listeners reach you? Well, they can always go to our website, www.potterack.net. That's P-O-T-E-R-A-C-K.net. They could call us at 704-366-5776. And we're out there on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. So anybody that'd like to learn more about us or get acquainted, uh, I think we make it pretty easy. Well, this is Life Isn't Lived on a Spreadsheet. So follow the podcast. That way you'll know when the latest episode is ready. Don't be greedy. Share with others. I'm Patrice Sikora, and thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to Life Isn't Lived on a Spreadsheet. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. To ask questions about topics covered during the show or get a copy of Making It Count, Life Isn't Lived on a Spreadsheet by Ryan Potterack, visit www.potterack.net or give us a call at 704-366-5776. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Potterack Capital Advisory. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Potterack Capital Advisory does not offer legal or tax advice. Please consult the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstances. Nothing contained herein is to be considered a solicitation, research material, an investment recommendation, or advice of any kind. The information contained herein may contain information that is subject to change without notice. Any investments or strategies referenced herein do not take into account the investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific person. Product sustainability must be independently determined for each individual investor. Potterack Capital Advisory explicitly disclaims any responsibility for product suitability or suitability determinations related to individual investors.